another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And this is yet another pitch-requested episode. Again, if you have a, a game you really want us to cover, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. The link is always in the description of the show and on Retrovania.net. But before we get into this week's patron-requested game, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, I, um, I did something. Um, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but I am... Uh, Jumped on that Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, I, I, I was trying to put it off for a long time, but I, I'm at a spot now where I, I feel like I have a good bit of free time, right? So if, if I'm ever going to, now's the time. Thankfully, my, my, my work schedule has been pretty wild, so I haven't been able to really sit there and sink as much time in as I can. I've just, I've, you know, been playing uh, just, just a few minutes at a time. Uh, it's pretty damn satisfying, though. It really is. And I, I just got to the fucking part where I can start fishing now, and I'm, I'm sitting there fucking casting my line out just over and over again. And, and it's going to be a problem, I think. I know there's a world out there to save, but I, I, they're, they're going to have to... I don't know what they're going to do to drag me away from the fucking dock at this point. It could be the first three-person episode of Gone Fishing, because I know that Jeremy has also played a ton of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, I mentioned it briefly in the, the previous episode, but I, I finished it up, all of it. Uh, there is now a big to-be-continued uh, thing where the next main story mission is supposed to be. That was, uh, that was an investment of time, now, let me just say that. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I did really, really enjoy it, especially once you get past A Realm Reborn, like Heaven's Word, Stormblood. Uh, all that stuff was was really really fun to play, and uh, some of my favorite MMO stuff that I've ever ever had to go through. But yeah, um, uh, you, you'll be glad to know that you don't ever have to leave that lake because Final Fantasy is just that kind of game where you can you don't even really have to touch uh, a sword or anything. You can just fish until you're level eighty, find a new might, fishing spot, and you're good to go. That might be you know it might be a peaceful peaceful life for me then. Just live a, a peaceful fisherman's life in Final Fantasy XIV. I've seen stranger things in that game, so uh, <laughs> you know I, it, it's just it's that kind of game that I would not be surprised if somebody did want to play it like that. So especially right now, like everyone's in there. Like it is, yeah. it's really fun to play right now because there's this huge influx of people uh, that I don't think has been in there since like the game launched. I'm guessing mm -hmm. it's all the World of Warcraft people just coming over and trying it out. Uh, but yeah, word word, uh, word got out about the fishing. Yeah, but yeah, obviously uh, now everyone is here fishing and uh, doing <laughs> weird and crazy shit in in the middle of, of the, the cities. It's I don't know. It's fun to run around and and just see uh, some of the some of the random stuff people have come up with because I think there's a lot of a lot of Final Fantasy players that are really kind of into the role playing aspect of their characters. Mm. Um, but then you've got, now you've got all the World of Warcraft people coming in that do not give a shit about that. And, uh, mm -hmm. they are playing it like World of Warcraft, uh, with some, some really fine names, uh, to go along with it. You know, you're just running by like a big little guy or, you know, just something stupid that you see. And it's, uh, it's fun, but <laughs> it's definitely not the Final Fantasy it's, it's been for the past few years, so... Um, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying all that. Plus it's really easy just to kind of do whatever you want to do right now, uh, yeah. because there's just so many people to queue up and into all that stuff. So it's, it's fun. It's good going. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with the end game stuff and see what all there is and, uh, get ready for that big expansion that's coming out, uh, November, I think, I think that's when it's coming out. 
Yeah, I keep I keep fighting trying to get back into it because I know that if I got back into it, it would consume my entire day, and I, I don't want that yet. I've actually uh, this specific week I'm actually helping out at a scout camp, so I don't have a whole lot of time to play. But what I have done is I finally finished all the the adventure section of Mario Golf, so I've now got like a capped golfer. I can go back and and do some you know clean up here and there, but generally I've I've got a, a golfer that hits farther than any golfer built into the game, uh, and they just put mm. out a brand new course for it. Uh, which is a, a three-hole only course based in New Donk City from uh, Mario Odyssey, which has been pretty yeah. fun. I also, uh, on the Twitch channel, I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Somehow I've never played it. Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda that everyone on Earth has played except for me, and I'm at the very end of that. I'll probably have beaten it by the time you hear this episode. Uh, but the other thing I bought is I've forgotten that Blaster Master Zero Three was coming out for the Switch, and despite that I was trying not to buy any games at all in the month of... Uh, in the month of August, as soon as that hit, I had to buy it immediately and, and make sure I played it. So I'm already pretty far. I think uh, I've probably put about eight hours in, and I'm maybe 80% of the way through, if not 90%. I'm definitely in the home stretch, so hopefully I'll, I'll have that finished soon, and I'll, I'll post my thoughts on that over on my, my Twitter. But generally, if you liked Blaster Master Zero 1 and 2, then, then 3 continues the story. I don't know if it would be as much fun if you hadn't played the other two, because it kind of just throws you into the story and doesn't explain really any of the background. Mm. So you're just kind of like, okay, why is this happening? Who am I saving? Why is this girl important? Why can my ship do all these things already? So it's kind of weird that it doesn't treat it like, you know, when you play a new Metroid and they start you for whatever story reason, you're like, well, you have no abilities. You'll gain them as you go. This just kind of throws you out at the beginning. Like, yeah, no, you have most of it. And you'll gain a few more as you go, but you've got probably a, a half-upgraded ship at the start. Uh, but Jeremy, what other than Final Fantasy fourteen have you been playing, if anything? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I'm almost all the way through Ratchet and Clank. Uh, you know, that's that's only like a 10-hour game, oh. but that just kind of shows you how much I've been playing Final Fantasy. Uh, but I, I have been trying to put a little bit more time into that one. Uh, this is the Rift in Time, the new one that came out for the PS5 a month or so ago. And it's it's still, it's really good. I mean, it's Ratchet and Clank. If you like that kind of game, this is definitely more of that. And I really enjoyed the last one that came out on the PS4. I believe it was a, it was a remake of the the first Ratchet and Clank, but this one is an all-new adventure. There is totally a girl squirrel in it, or Lombax, or whatever you call her, and um, she's pretty cool. The The story is fun. You know, if you got kids, this is the perfect game to play around them. I mean, it literally just looks like a CG movie. Uh, it's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous game, uh, but also really fun to play. And I'm pretty sure I'm to the about to the end of that, and I may go back and try to uh, collect all the stuff that's in some of those stages, so... Uh, that's that's really about all I've been playing. It's It's been a lot of Final Fantasy, really. Well, thankfully, the game we're covering this week is not a long game because it's a kind of a standard brawler with some some neat little twist to it. Uh, the patron-requested game we're going to cover is Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage, and we're covering the Super Nintendo version. So as we mentioned at the start of the show, this is another patron request. This time it's from Plain Mech uh, over on our Patreon. Again, if you'd like us to cover a game, the best way to do it is to join the Patreon and, like he did, force us to cover your game. So you've asked us to cover uh, Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage uh, for the Super Nintendo. Now, is this a game you owned when you were younger or is this something you found later? Or, or you know, why did you pick this specific game? So back in the day when this game came out, um, I already was like a huge Venom fan. Um an even bigger fan of like spider-man and uh i followed this whole series on the comic books and when i had the whole maximum carnage comic book series um 
you know, it, it was it was just something that really like appealed to me. Uh, like I said, following the whole Venom line. So uh, I used to go to a video game store to rent games here and there, and I found out that they made a video game of this. So um, of course it had the red cartridge, which really stood out, and I had to rent that game. Um, and I rented that game multiple, multiple times, um, even to the point where I would actually go to the video store and I would wait for that game to be returned just so I could rent it again. Um, eventually, my parents bought it for me, seeing that I rented it so many times and they probably could have bought it five times over by then. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was big into comics, too, at the time. Not necessarily Spider-Man. I don't know why. Like, my brothers and I had different comics we followed, so I had, like, Thor and Iron Man. But I knew the story, roughly. Uh, however, I'd never really tried this game because, one, Super Nintendo. I wasn't a Super Nintendo guy. But the few games I did have, one of them was the previous game, one of the previous games the same developer made, uh, which was Spider-Man and X-Men Arcade's Revenge. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It is not good. And so there... <laughs> I was not I had that game as well, and that game was a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, yes. uh, probably it, the best part about it was maybe the music, but I mean, I'm really stretching at that. Well, it, only if you don't compare it to this game. I think the music in this game is also really good. Um, it, it's actually a very, very interesting brawler. I think it has a lot yeah. to, to stand out. Uh, is there something about this game mechanic-wise that kind of makes it stand out from brawlers, or is it mainly just the story and the comic characters for you? Um, it was kind of like a mix of all of it. Um, I was always a big fan of Brawler's uh, Final Fight and Streets of Rage and such like that. And uh, so this just kind of like was even better. Um, the fact that you could call in various superheroes in this game uh, to help you along the way, like that was fantastic. And the ability to switch and play Venom as opposed to Spider-Man, like I was just completely on board with that. So that really stood out to me. Yeah, anytime it let me switch to Venom, I'm going to do it. There's, there's uh -huh. no reason to play Same. as Spider-Man. There's a million games I can play as Spider-Man, only a handful where I get to play as, as Venom. Uh, so it, it's good to see you know, that kind of character in this game. Yeah, I, I was really happy with all the different... I know that it follows the story of the comic, but there's still a whole bunch of like almost comic fan service-y things. The, the characters you can bring in, the characters oh, yeah. that are just tied to the story. Like I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if Jeremy and Billy are familiar with the story enough. I know Jeremy probably is not. He wasn't into any of the other comic things we've covered at all. As far as the previously, he didn't know the source material. So I'm going to wonder if he kind of even could follow what's going on. A lot of this game, things just happen. And if you don't know who the characters are or what's going on outside of the, the comic or outside of the, the game itself, you might be a little lost. It doesn't hurt you to play it, but it still means you might be like, what? Why did that happen? Whatever. I'm going to fight more guys now. Yeah, and I mean, the, the good part to that is even if you played this game without even knowing who these characters are, it did have the cutscenes in between each stage, which kind of like gave you like a line as to where the story's going and who these people are, at least a little bit to some of them. I mean, the, the ancillary characters like Captain America and Deathlock, like, it never really said too, too much about them. I know there were a few scenes with them, but I mean, other than that, I, I think it was it was really well done. Oh yeah, no, I think it's I think it's great. I'm just wondering, like, for example, like early on, you kind of get saved by Cloak and Dagger. I don't know how many people know Cloak and Dagger. They're not still like, a huge character. They're still in the Marvel universe, but they're not like Captain America. Captain America is an icon. Everyone knows who that is. You know, Deathlock less so. But I think you know Cloak and Dagger was when I was like, whoa, okay, cool. We're gonna have a bunch of side characters. Even some of the characters you fight, like like Shriek. Again, if you weren't familiar with this line, that's a character you don't know. But does that yeah. matter for playing the game? I don't think it does, but I'm just curious as to how far they're going to... How much of this they really, like, followed the story, or if they were like, whatever, man, it's superheroes. It's fighting. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, them adding some of the characters in made sense. Um, uh, some of the other characters were definitely more useful than others, I think. Um, 
Uh, especially if you were able to use cloak or deathlock repeatedly and have them just come in and wipe the screen clean. Like, that was kind of nice sometimes. Now, are you still a, a comic book guy at all? I, I actually just got back into it for no good reason, but pretty heavily in the last year. Same. Um, I still have all my comic books from when I was a kid, and I actually just started chronicling all of them. So um, it, it's kind of brought my attention back to looking at seeing where new comic books are and following old ones that I used to be into you know, characters like Spawn and um, you know Venom and stuff like that. So it's it's been interesting to see how these characters are still being done, and there's still a lot of interest in them, which is pretty cool. Especially Carnage. I mean, I got back in kind of through the Absolute Carnage event, and there's now another Carnage event. Like, it seems like Carnage is now like a staple bad guy uh, of, of the entire Marvel Universe, not just a Spider-Man Venom bad guy. So it's it's interesting to see how all these characters are still around and how they all tie together. But, you know, this specifically was one of those things where I was like, you know, I don't know why I haven't really played Maximum Carnage. I just got way back into this whole, you know, Carnage thing. I don't know how I skipped this one. So thank you for selecting it. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm interested to see what Jeremy and Billy think of it. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm very interested to see how you guys uh, end up, you know, viewing it and uh, if there's a lot of interest in it, you know. Um, I, I think it's, the timing is really good, especially with the release of the new, you know, Venom and Carnage movie that's coming out. So that's going to be pretty cool, too. Before we get to our thoughts on the game, uh, is there anything you do online you'd like to share with everybody? The only thing I would like to plug maybe is uh, I, I have an Instagram page that's pretty much dedicated to muscle cars and stuff. So, uh I mean, if anybody wants to check my Instagram, it's uh, Killer Malibu. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on there, especially if you enjoy G-Bodies. So. so thank you so much for picking it. And, and again, thank you for your continued support. And, uh, and thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I mean, this was one, uh, you know, when this one, when this one hit, when this came out, I was full blown, still in, in comic buying mode, you know, just snatching up everyone I can, I could, uh, you know, from the various, various characters I was following. Uh, you know, this was, this was during the point in time where I was not spending my own money to get my comics. So it, it would quickly dwindle over the years. There's a direct correlation between when I had to start paying for them um, and, and buying a little bit less of them. But at this point in time, I was I was all go on it. And, and Spider-Man was a big one for me. Um, so, of course, if a Spider-Man game was heading to the Super Nintendo, I, I had to get a hold of it. And I do remember this one being a rental on, on a couple of occasions. This was one that my, uh, for the better part of a, a month or two, my, my cousin and I... Uh, picked up on more than one occasion. It's a short game, but I, I, we just found it to be such a fun game at the time. We kept coming back to it. I, I was also like a big comic book fan back in the day, around that time. Uh, you know, I went into my comic book store anytime I was out there. Uh, mm -hmm. I kept up with several different issues uh, of, you know, various characters, and I was a big Spider-Man fan. Mm -hmm. So in theory... I should have went out and rented this as soon as I saw it, especially with that uh, cool-ass red cartridge. Yes. And, uh, but I didn't. I never mm. rented this. I, 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 like, when we started doing this episode, I was like, why didn't I ever rent this? This is perfectly fine, like, as a brawler. And I'm mm. not even trying to be snobby about brawlers. It was just, I don't know. For, I was like, why didn't I rent this? And then I turned it on, and I remembered it's a single-player brawler. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, once oh, yeah. I saw that on, the, and that was it. I remembered once I saw that yeah. on the back of the box, I never rented it because yeah. if it, if your brawler didn't have two player support, I was out. Yes. And that is what, um, that is one thing. That's what threw us off. Uh, Cause you say, I mean, it's Spider-Man and Venom. So you would assume one would assume that it's, you know, the money would be what a fucking two player throwdown. Um, and it was not. So <laughs> we, I, did the turn, we did the turn taken just... thing, which wasn't the same. We will go like stage by stage. Um, obviously it was not, not the same at all. Um, but I don't know. And, and then we would play through again and alternate who took on what stage, but no, it, it always, and yes, that I'm glad you brought that up. That was something that always was, uh, was a little weird when you advertise, you know, two main characters, but the, it's just, it's, it's not there. It was like when I first rented Final Fight for the Super NES, mm. and I was heartbroken to find mm-hmm. that that was single player as well, and missing mm-hmm. guy. So that was, you know, a, a brawler's fine, but like playing it by yourself is just like, all right, here it is. You know, the fun with a brawler is playing it with two people. You know, you got mm-hmm. your friends sitting around. That's, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And like you said, this is tailor-made to have two people playing with two different characters and it would have been a blast. I would have rented this all over the place if this would have been two players. But uh, that single player, I, I knew what I was in for. Plus, mm-hmm. the, the back-of-the-box graphics kind of janky. So I never, mm. never rented it. Mm. Well, I, I also had never played this one. Uh, I remember seeing it. We, we sold this game when I worked at the, uh, the Electronics Boutique. Because of the red cart, it stood out. I mean, it was one of those, like, man, if I was going to collect carts because they look cool, 100% yeah. I would have gotten this game. But uh, while I was into comic books, uh, and actually at this, exactly at this point in time, I was also working at a comic book store for a while. So I, I knew the story, and I was like, okay, that's good. But I, I was never a big Spider-Man fan as a kid. Like, everyone liked Spider-Man oh, enough, but what? I wasn't a big Spider-Man guy. I don't know why I pick... Uh, I always pick, like, one character, and then I painfully stick with that character forever. At the time, it was Thor, and I don't know why I liked Thor so much, because now I really mm. don't care for Thor. Now it's Hulk. Now I, like, painfully attach myself to anything Hulk-related. But at the time, Spider-Man was like, I just wasn't super into it. But also, uh, you know, I-, I was worried more that it was a superhero game on a console. You, you know, we have to remember we got burned so many times, especially in the, in the-, in the-, in the NES era, that... I don't immediately assume it's going to be good. Also, the fact that it is published by Acclaim is a, is a huge red flag for me. So uh, this game came out in 1994 for the Super Nintendo and Genesis. We are covering, again, the Super Nintendo version. As I mentioned, it was published by Acclaim, the makers of many, many terrible games in the 8- and 16-bit eras. And the developer of this was Software Creations. Now, it's not a name a lot of people re- would probably be very familiar with. They did do some of the other superhero games on the NES, like Silver Surfer and Wolverine, both of which are not very good. So that's that's kind of a warning. They also did the game that came out the uh, a couple years prior, which I did have on the Super Nintendo, Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. Now I don't know if either of you had played that game. Ooh. It is it is not mm-hmm. a brawler. It they, they try really hard to mm-hmm. make it so that each character has their own abilities, and it, it kind of plays like a very bad version of that Genesis X-Men game we covered, which actually was mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but instead, this was just it's painful. It is not good. Yeah. We I mean I I played it for. I mean, over and over again, trying to get farther in it, and it just is not fun. It was not a good game. So to know that this is the same developer that's now put out a game based on Spider-Man uh, again and Venom this time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip this. I'm not going to need to give it a shot. And I, I think that's probably uh, something I kind of regret because compared to the other games I just mentioned, uh, Spider-Man and Venom and Maximum Carnage is is very, very good for a superhero game. Now, it does have the problems you mentioned that it's only one player, um, but it actually 
is a fairly competent brawler based on superheroes, which is all you really want with a superhero game. Mm. I don't need all the stuff that they were having Spider-Man do in Spider-Man uh, in X-Men and Arcade's Revenge. I don't want him to, to have to like web-sling in between two narrow corridors to not hit spikes. That's not fun. I don't want that. <laughs> I want to just beat people up and be able to use my webs and stuff. And this does do that uh, very well for a brawler of the, of the 60-bit era. I, I was amazed as, that it was not two-player because, again, this isn't a 1994. This is not like a launch title. Final Fight being one player was always something I was like, oh, that stinks. But it was an early title. It kind of let me mm. get away with it. And it played really well, and it looked nice. So you're like, okay. Uh, this being one player, especially when, it, like Billy said, it has both names in the title. You're like, why is this Spider-Man and Venom? Especially when you first start the game and you're just Spider-Man. You're like, okay. Venom's going to show up at some point, And I don't know what's going to happen, knowing that it's single player. Maybe it's one of those kind of games where it becomes two player at a certain point. Because, uh, you know, I didn't look at the manual to start it with. But no, it is a single player game where at different times you're going to switch between Spider-Man or Venom if you choose to. Uh, it is a, a pretty standard uh, like 2D brawler where you can move in and out of the screen like a Double Dragon or, or Streets of Rage, any of those kind of games. But it does take advantage of the fact that it is based on superheroes. Uh, so you're not just punching and kicking the whole time. You do have, in Spider-Man's case and Venom's case, the ability to shoot webs, the ability to turn your web into a shield. You can climb on the wall in the background, which sometimes gets you to secret power-ups. There are some levels where you have to do that just to get through the level. They, they do make it feel like Spider-Man while still being a, a fairly competent brawler. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it's not just your standard Super NES brawler or 16-bit brawler where you press one button to do a combo and then you can jump kick if you want to. Uh, mm -hmm. They've got, like, a, a good amount of moves to them, like, uh, you know, being able to throw your web and, and you know, pull them over there, or you can uh, you shoot your web into the sky and swing across, uh, which you kind of have to do sometimes to get away from enemies. Uh, they, they did a really good job of making them feel like they should. Uh, and, and they didn't take the cheap way out. Like, Venom's like this kind of big, you know, the muscly guy with all the power moves. He can, you know, slam the floor and knock people down and just, you know, throw people around. It's They put some time into it. Uh, and I think that's actually the craziest thing to me uh, for this entire game is just how much effort they put into this trying to make it feel like a comic book. Uh, and to the point where, like, there's so there's like a lot of story in this. I was actually shocked at how much story <laughs> is, is into the, is in this, and you know how much they like uh, integrated in into the stage. Sometimes, you know, where the characters will just appear or something. It was like there weren't too many games back then that tried to do that much with it. Uh, but yeah, there's they they put a lot of damn effort, and it was obvious that they actually cared about the source material and wasn't just trying to throw together a, a cheap brawler. Uh, which is what most people did back then when they were trying to make a 16-bit game. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely um, is 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 a love letter to the comics. Um, it's oh boy, were comics written this bad back then? Do do I have the uh, was I reading with the uh, the rose-colored glasses on? Was the dialogue this bad the, on them? The dialogue was not as bad as the game because the game is oh, just taking the panels and digitizing it. The game's dialogue is is painfully bad. It's like if you gave somebody a comic book one time and let them read it real quick, just a couple pages, and said, okay, that's the kind of theme I want. Go for it. And so, so they wrote it for children. Uh, it has a lot of, like, what are supposed to be, like, snappy one-liners from Spider-Man, but they're not funny. They're not good. Like, it's just, it, yeah, it's very yeah. badly written Spider-Man. But it does follow the plot overall of the Maximum Carnage yeah. event yeah. Uh, from, you know, back in the days with, those, with the Spider-Man comics. Yeah. I, I was quite pleased, um, and I, I forgot about some of the uh, some of the names within this thing. There, there's a fucking there's a roster in this thing. 
um, that I was I was I was very impressed with. I had a fucking cloak and dagger in it. No, I, I just in it there. Forgot they existed. <laughs> they're they're yeah. a, a fairly major plot point in, in the in the story, but also mm-hmm. in the the game. I mean, the, one of the things you mentioned before, where like the game kind of integrates really well in the fact that it's a comic book where things come into place. Jeremy was like at the end of it's stage four or five, I think you're you're fighting a bunch of guys, and, and basically you can't win. It, it just keeps spawning enemies until eventually you lose. And instead of losing a life, like cloak and dagger come in and save the day and then the next stage mm. wakes up with you like after it shows the comic panel kind of explaining how they saved you you know now you're in like their uh, like their sanctuary but you're being attacked by uh shriek and doppelganger which are two villains from you know again that series villains that a lot of people if you weren't reading comics then or anything carnage related because he is a character that has continued to be kind of an event character for marvel um those characters really aren't around any other time. You don't you don't really watch read a lot of comics and get shriek in it. But if it's if it's Carnage related, there he is. In fact, the most recent uh, couple of Carnage events, which there's another one, literally as we're recording this episode, uh, involves shriek as well. So if for some reason you are a person who is not a comic book fan at all and you don't care and don't pay attention to it, just to kind of summarize why Spider Man and Venom, if you know who it is, are working together. Uh, at some point, they decided that Spider-Man's regular co- co- you know, outfit didn't look cool anymore. So they tried to redesign him, and they gave him this black and white outfit that was called the symbiote outfit because it was like really a, an alien life form that kind of bonded to Peter Parker, who was Spider-Man, and you know, became like a living suit for him. At some point, that suit uh, became the property of a, kind of like a, a street thug. And that became Venom. So he was a bad guy that had Spider-Man's powers but looked like an evil Spider-Man. And he was stronger and bigger, just like in this game. You know, in in this game, Venom is stronger than Spider-Man. He does a little bit more damage. He's a little bit slower. He's larger. Spider-Man's faster. But they both, I mean, it's not a drastic difference. You're not really, other than looking cooler as Venom, you're not gaining too much of an advantage by switching to him. But still, I can't imagine not switching to him because he does look so much cooler. Uh, But in the comics, at some point, Venom, uh, had separated from the symbiote as well. Venom, Venom, the car- Venom, Venom's host separated from the symbiote as well, and then it found this other criminally insane person from jail who became Carnage. He's uh, uh, like instead of being black and white like Venom, he looks a little bit more like Spider-Man if he's not moving. He's red with white flecks all over him, but he's a criminally insane person that has the powers of this like Venom. Uh, alien Spider-Man. So he's basically just trying to do everything he can to cause as much chaos as he can, and that's you know that's the Carnage character. So this game is Spider-Man working together with Venom, uh, who's you know the Venom parasite and or sorry the Venom symbiote and uh, and Spider-Man together really want to get rid of Carnage because one he's a bad guy, but two Venom's just very upset that he exists because he basically uh, kind of stole his existence from Venom's existence. It it's not that important, but without that little bit of knowledge, you're kind of like why why do they care? Other than he's a bad guy and you know, why, why would they be fighting him? That's the background to the to the Carnage character. And I like how in this game, they don't really explain a lot of the backstory. They explain who Carnage is sort of that he escapes from prison. But after that, you're just like, okay, if you weren't into comics, I don't know how much of this game you'd honestly understand, especially all the people that are in this game. Like you mentioned Cloak and Dagger. Uh, Deathlock is in here. That's someone you don't see too often anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America is obviously somebody everybody knows. But Iron Fist, Morbius... Uh, Firestar, which I guess I only know Firestar really from the old Spider-Man cartoon. She's not really in the comics yeah, too often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Black Cat, who's a character you would know if you read comics more often. But it, again, they're not like, you know, other than Captain America, you're not seeing the Avengers heroes here. You're just seeing the, these these kind of, if you know Marvel, they're fine. But if you don't, it's like, who are these people? What are, what are they doing? And why do these things, like the some of the cuts between stages, again, they explain it in the comic sections, but if you just hit start to get to the next level, it's a very disjointed experience. Now, I... I... 
kind of want to, I didn't actually read this back in the day, but is this a direct take on the Maximum Carnage uh, comic series? Y- yes, that it ran is. for Spider Man? Okay. I mean, it has so the I'm same. I'm guessing all of those characters came out of that then. They were all involved in it, yes, uh, to some level. In, in fact, I mean, Deathlock really is, is in the story, but not heavily, but he's he's more involved mm-hmm. in the in the Maximum Carnage story. Like, it, it, it's been a long, long time since I read that. And in fact, I just. Uh, when I got back into comics a couple years ago, it was for another Carnage event. Uh, so, you know, I'm more familiar with that because it's more recent to me. But yes, all th- this is as based on this as any superhero thing is based on it. It does follow the plot overall. Yeah. But, you know, the, the comics weren't clearly uh, Spider-Man walking back and forth in the street fighting thugs for six episodes or six issues, which <laughs> is what this more or less is uh, until you do run into the, the other supervillains to fight, which is cool. I'll give them credit. I mean, they they could have went with just about anything they wanted to. And I'm pretty sure yeah. Acclaim would have much rather been like, you know, put some more of those guys in there that every, everyone knows. Uh, but they, they stuck to their guns, and they wanted to retell that, that storyline. And they did. Uh, you know, there's definitely enough storyline in there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a decent game. I, I remember when this came out, it was, it was not rated well. Uh, the reviews were average at best. And I think over time, this is one that's kind of... Uh, it's it's aged a little bit better because I think a lot of the people that reviewed it were really tired of brawlers at the time, and the kids mm. that actually rented and played it were just like, "Wow, it's Spider-Man! It's actually a decent superhero game that isn't terrible." So I, I think it's it's definitely over time people have come to enjoy it a little bit more or look back on it a little bit more fondly than oh, yeah. what it was when it came out. But it plays really well. Uh, that was the thing I was kind of scared going into uh, into it. Is it, it you know, it, I was just afraid it was going to be one of those sluggish, shitty brawlers that, that no one put time into, but it feels crisp, you know, it feels fast, your, your punches and everything come out really quick, uh, the, the hit detection's good, you're not like, you know, hitting at nothing if you're not on the exact same pixel as where the, your enemy's standing, uh, it's just, it's, it's a damn good feeling brawler, it's just, and it, it doesn't really overplay itself in a lot of the levels either, most of them aren't very long, uh, you know, there there are a lot of repeating enemies, as every brawler has uh, a lot of very mediocre repeating enemies. Oh, it's just yeah. it's just dudes like Joe and Jack or something. <laughs> they all they're all the most non superhero looking people you could possibly ever put into a game. Uh, but yeah, it's it just feels good to play. It's it's you know I keep harping on it. You know, it's been so much better if it was two players. But that's the that's what I kept thinking the entire time I was playing. It's like wow, if you just had another player in here with this, it would just you know, this would have been one of the better brawlers that you could have got on the Super NES. And I'll stop saying that now because I know somebody will be like, won't you fucking, you know, talk about the game how it is. Uh, but, you know, that's just how I think, you know, a brawler is, is a two-player thing to me. Uh, overall, this is a much, much better brawler than I ever expected it to be. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it, I mean, it plays... <sighs> You know, there's only so much uh, you can say about a brawler, really, um, and, and it kind of lives and dies on how well it, how well it controls. Um, and I, this was just, it's, it's smooth. It's incredibly smooth um, to play through. And yeah, I, we, we've talked about it earlier. This was kind of the time where you were getting a lot of fucking cut and paste brawlers, um, but this was something unique. And you know, playing through this, uh, you, you didn't have. Spider-Man like you do nowadays in video game form, you know? So so anything that even gave you even kind of the remote feeling of, of you know, playing as Spider-Man and having having some of his his powers and abilities was, 
was it still a novelty at this point and there are a lot of little neat things i think we mentioned the uh the wall crawling you've got some some pretty smooth moves you can pull off with your webs where you can slam two enemies together um but one of the, I, but one thing i did love and, and jeremy p talked about it earlier is is kind of venom's representation on here oh it's a big venom guy really fucking big um and they they make him just almost the complete opposite uh, he's agile also but I, he, he's just a real fucking powerhouse on this thing. And, and, and it even feels like he, he's, he's a little more hard-hitting than Spider-Man, which, which was a little detail um, that I really enjoyed. But yeah, I mean, you, get the, you do get the <laughs> nondescript, um, you know, 10,000 Joes and, and, and Dan's. I think there's even a Billy in there, if I'm not mistaken. There is a Billy. Um, many times over. Um, and get used to those faces because you will you will see them throughout. But this one does a good job, and, and I did like the way um, where you will encounter the same uh, same few kind of boss enemies, uh, doppelgangers in there. Uh, but you'll encounter them over and over again, and, and I just love that because I mean, it's so much like the comic where you know Spider Man is just tormented by you know by these villains you know several times over and sometimes they get the upper hand sometimes they slip away but they just keep coming back so i so i like the fact that with the these enemies it wasn't you know one per level beat them they're done they're gone um I, I, it's just a presentation of this one and we've we've harped on how good that is and how this was uh at that time and probably for a long time to come a pretty great interactive comic book well what they I, I mentioned oh go ahead i i mentioned earlier how i thought like the back of the box graphics look kind of janky uh yeah. it looks much better in action uh okay like said, the characters look good uh they're yeah. animated pretty well you know and you know they're big sprites and they move around well there's really there's no slowdown to speak of in this game that i really saw at all no uh, so not. it it's a it's a damn good uh looking game for the most part they tried to do the whole uh, comic book look with with a, the backgrounds and things like that, uh, and if you just look at screenshots, it doesn't look great. But like seeing it in motion and just how smooth it is, like it's it's pretty impressive for what they were able to do uh, on the Super NES. And I'm guessing the Genesis. I did not play the Genesis version, so mm. hopefully it's just as as good. They're, they're as similar cool. games. I didn't play it either, but it's not a different game. It's not like when we've covered things like like uh, tra- uh, Robocop versus Terminator. Uh, where they're totally different mm-hmm. games uh, on each system. That this is the, basically the same game. Um, I imagine the sound yeah. is probably probably a, not as great. Probably didn't sound that nice though. Yeah, I would I would say it's a safe bet. Just putting it out there. Just, hey, it's been a while. It's been I, a while. It, it probably sound like shit. Before we talk I mean, about, it's not like that Super NES game sounded too great. You know, it just no. <laughs> it's got it's maybe not, four tracks, and and it's all the. Do you even associate like if you closed your eyes, would you would you think you were playing a Spider Man game at any point in time with those I, tracks? No, I it's just that tip whatever sound library they were using for this, it's just that hard rocking guitar sound that the yeah. Super NES tries to make, but it's like and that's the only tone it could ever make. Uh so that's that's what the entire soundtrack pretty much is, but uh no, no, I, I, I think that's probably my, my least favorite thing about it was just the lack of, of any variety of, of music in this game besides mm. uh, Hard Rock and Spidey, and uh, that's, that's, that's the entirety of it. Well, when you turn on the game after it does the, the logos for, you know, the, the company, the developer, or whatever, did you see what it said music by? 
Green Jelly. No, I... The oh, band really? Green it... Jelly. I didn't even notice. Yes, the grand the, the band Green Jelly, who used to be Green Jello, that had a song about little pigs or something. Uh, that's all I can remember them for. I'm sure they had other songs. That's the one I know. Uh, they had to change their name to Green Jelly, and they wrote the soundtrack for most of this game. I think there's a few tracks that aren't them, but most of it's them. And then they took those tracks and they they didn't just like digitize them and play them. I and they 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 redid them in in the the Super Nintendo sound audio format. It's not just a digitized version of their songs, but still, it's songs they composed and wrote, and they were so proud of it. But you're right, it's the most generic, fake rock-sounding <laughs> soundtrack to something. I mean, it fits for what it is, because it is just Spider-Man and Venom fighting punks in the street and and homeless people at some times that seem like like just those those guys with the clo- the, the the trench coats that come out just it, I feel like they're fighting hobos and I'm okay with that. Uh it it's I like how the the little comics thing they've added. You know, you mentioned like the 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 wall crawl and the way that the 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 cutscenes are, but also like when you're fighting people it's like got that like bam biff pow kind of comic book thing. Uh one of the things that the book doesn't even explain the the manual for the game is when you're fighting people eventually, uh it's not too often, it's or it's not too infrequently it's like every few hits or whatever, your light bar will flash, and then when you hit somebody, it does like a super hit to kind of match that comic book feel where they'll fight, you know, punch people occasionally, and then like they do that one where they like wind up, and the the, the frame is drawn in such a way so it looks like they're punching through the frame, and it, <laughs> it knocks someone out in like two hits. I, I like how they add all that little comic book thing in. And for the web, I like that you can do, you can grab people with your web, and you can throw them around, You can do, and it doesn't take away your light bar. It's a super powerful move, but they don't make it where it's like, well, you can only use it four times or you lose your life or whatever. They, they really make it so they want you to use Spider-Man and Venom as as their powers. Uh, the other thing it, it they've added in, I mean, there's, there's obviously plenty of pickups for getting more health or hearts, and you can get extra lives. You can get continues. That's one thing we didn't mention. You start with three lives, like every game, pretty much forever, and you get one continue to start the game in. You can find continue icons throughout the level. A lot of the time, you'll want to wall crawl wherever you can. There's always power-ups kind of off the screen if you mm-hmm. can get to them, uh, which I, I like. I like trying to find hidden things, and having it be this in this game makes a lot of sense. You're Spider-Man. Why wouldn't you climb up a wall if you can? So uh, the other pickups you can find are little superhero heads for other characters, like we mentioned Cloak and Dagger in the game. Uh, but there's other people that are all tied to the story uh, that are you know, able to help you in, in your mission as well as kind of like one-time power uses. Uh, along with if they tie into the story, if you get their head, you can it'll, it'll stay in the middle of the screen. You can hit L and R to pick which one you want to use. And then it will summon them onto the screen to do various things. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, like we mentioned, are in there. Uh, you've got Captain America. You've got Black Cat, Deathlock, Firestar. I mentioned all those guys earlier. Iron Fist, who's somebody I, I was not familiar with, but he's, he's also very involved in the Carnage kind of... Uh, Storylines a lot of the time, Morbius, and and then Spider-Man and Venom themselves. If you uh, if you were the other character, so it's neat that you can get those heads, and they they all have their own animation. It's not like it just flashes once and like they show on the corner of the screen and give a thumbs up. They actually do stuff. Uh, cloak. Uh, when you have Cloak and Dagger, if you use if you use Cloak, he whatever's going on the screen, like the screen goes black and you see like his face come through, like his cloak absorbs the enemies and then he comes back and the screen's totally empty. It's cool little touches that actually match what their powers do for the most part, which I really liked. Yeah, I mean they've they've done a great job with just putting in a lot of little details, and uh, it's it's just it's nice to see one of these games that that you know, like we mentioned, put in the extra mile uh, of at least trying. And it, it's it's there's some there's some cool stuff in there, like as far as like playing it. But then you get even like little stuff at the very end where you get a fake out credit roll. Yeah, uh, and I I thought that was totally. Awesome! Like it's just out of nowhere. Like you, you think you beat the game, the credits roll, and then suddenly here's this carnage again, and you go through another whole little section of of trying to beat him. Uh, it's it's just 
they they cared about what they were doing with this one, and it, it shows. Yeah. It it really does show on, on it a lot. Well, after you beat him that last time, if you go through the credits and you beat him and in, in a couple times actually in different areas, then the Avengers show up and they basically like, oh, we have a special container to hold him. So thanks. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, that's really cool, too, because that's almost exactly what they do for any time they run into carnage is someone comes <laughs> up with some carnage holding container or they shoot him into space or something equally ridiculous to, to end his reign at the time. So I, I really like that that extra ending is there where it's like, oh, we got him. Like, no, we didn't. We're going to fight him 100 times. And then all of a sudden the Avengers come in. And they're like, we got him. No problem, guys. Like, thanks for waiting, you know, 25 levels to come in. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, what, how was this so hard to do? Like, this is what a superhero game, by default, a blueprint, whatever, this is how it should be done. And I swear to God, it seemed like the hardest thing to actually get back then. Like, on the NES, we had those terrible LG, LJN games. On the Super NES, you mentioned that Spider-Man thing. It was, I played that. It was terrible. Um, and it... You know, there's other things like the X-Men games on the Genesis. Those were pretty decent, but it was still one of those things where you couldn't use... It was like they were punishing you for using their superpowers. Yeah. yeah. And, like, this is, like, one of the first ones that uh, that probably came out that was really like, here, just be a superhero. Use the stuff that the superhero uses. And I think that's what everyone wanted to do playing as a superhero back then on one of those games. It's It just blew my mind that so few people ever got it right. I think Capcom uh, released a, a Marvel game on the Super NES, and that was like single player. Oh, oh uh, that was like single player only as well. Uh, but it was still it was a well done superhero action game. But they're few and far between back yeah. then, and it just it blows my mind that no one could get it right. Well, you mentioned that the you know the fact this game is a single player is really you know if you're if you're looking for a brawler is kind of a detriment. The sequel that did come out, same same developer uh, for Venom Spider Man Separation Anxiety, uh, which is a sequel to this game in story, and that is two player. So they did realize, I'm sure that was the major complaint that was out at the time, is, hey, why is this game single player? It should be two. You should be able to be both. And you can be on the sequel that came out a year later. Uh, so if you like this game, I recommend checking that one to try it. I have not yet, but I, I will if I have another person to play a brawler through. I've been playing a lot of Streets of Rage 4, so I'm back in brawler mode. But I feel like mm-hmm. anything I play after this is kind of a step back because it really is so good. But, uh, but I still would love to try uh, Venom Spider-Man Separation Anxiety with two players. I, yeah, it'd be a much better game. I mean, this is still a really good game, but still at its heart, it is a single-player oh, yeah. brawler, and there's only so far you can carry that. You know, this, uh, even though there is a lot of variety in this one, you're still just doing the same thing over and over and over again uh, for however many stages it was. I forgot. Um, but it's not a very long game, at least. But yeah, I, this is fine. Oh. Like, it's it's much better than what it was made out to be back when it released. Uh, I just remember this game mm. getting slaughtered in a lot of reviews uh and it was probably just brawler fatigue at the time there was so much of, of these kinds of games back then and uh if you weren't doing anything different then it was really easy just to throw it in the pile and say well here's another yeah. one of these games it's just spider-man now oh yeah but this is it's it's better than than what i thought it was it's way better than what mm-hmm. i thought it was so i can see why this one has a lot of nostalgia for it and uh, why a lot of people still say that, you know, it's, it's better. If you've never played it, then it's better than you think it is because it's actually a really good superhero game. Yeah. And, and this is definitely one of those where I think uh, a video game, it's one of those that, that hits that happy medium where video game fans will love it. And, you know, and comic book fans will, will, will really dig this one, especially if you were reading um, Spider-Man at the time. Don't expect the quality of the writing to quite be there. <laughs> 
but it's got a lot of heart to it. I, I think that's the that's the, the the main thing I can say about this game. Um, it's it's just good to see the the actual property represented, you know, kind of respected, and 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 to see uh, all that time and like Jeremy said, just a, a massive amount of effort um, put into it. So so hats off to them. It, it wasn't quite um, the game I recall it being from years past. Uh, but it was still a ton of fun to play through this one. And I, um, you know, I, I, I've been playing some Streets of Rage for myself um, over on the old uh, on the Xbox, had it up on that Game Pass. Fuck. I tell you what, as as repetitive as it is at its nature, fuck this, that Streets of Rage 4 and this one, it reminds you of just how phenomenal uh, it can be just to sit down and play, uh, a, a, you know, a solid beat em up. Thank you, Plain Mech, for recommending that one. We all enjoyed playing a game that we may not have given a fair shake to uh, because of the time it came out and the fact that it was single-player, but it actually uh, turned out to be a good time. And if you would like us to cover your game, the best way to do that, again, is to go to Retrovania.net, along with all the links to our social media and the link to our Patreon, which is how you can force us to cover your game, at the very bottom. There's a form. Now, it's been there for a while, and at the end of each show, you know we do this. We take questions you send us through that form that come straight to us, and we answer them live, even though when you hear them, it has been recorded and probably edited to hell. And we're going to do that right now. Yeah, and first up is, uh, what's that smell like? Oh, that's his name. And uh, <laughs> Glad that wasn't just the name? question. I wasn't sure what we were talking about. <laughs> no, that's not the question. Uh, we could totally do that. But no, this is, uh, that's his name. And uh, his, what's on his mind is Tommy Two-Tone, but that's not actually what's on his mind because that's not in his question. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but anyway, he's writing in to say, Hi all, great job to everyone. Everyone. So when this takes place is when I was a wee lad on an extremely hot summer day. I went with the neighbors to go on a short trip to the park and make slash eat hot dogs with them. Being the 90s, I of course brought my Game Boy along with the game Gargoyles Quest. Being a big family, parents, and four hmm. kids, my neighbor friends didn't quite have enough room for us to each get our, each get our own seat. So me being the oldest, about 10, I had to double up with the littlest kid, a small lad named Tommy. Well, I guess Tommy is part of it. This wasn't a big deal as we'd done it before, and we kind of figured out a way for me to hold him around his waist, all while I was still playing the Game Boy. Couple this proximity and heat with the car, ha with the car itself having no air, and was a two-door as well, so the air in the back was hot and still, even with the windows down. All went fine at the park, and the hot dogs were decent enough, but on the way back, I heard something terrifying. Little Tommy just had time to say, uh-oh, right before he let out the oh. wettest-sounding fart I'd heard real or otherwise. <laughs> Immediately, the whole car smelled like hot kid diarrhea, and indeed, I was covered in it. It came up the back of his pants and all over my stomach and chest. All this to the soundtrack of Gargoyle's Quest. <laughs> to, this day, to this day, if I see artwork for or hear a snippet of the music from the game, I think of Little Tom and regret going with my neighbors. Have any of you had anything traumatic happen during something else that makes you always equate one with the other? Thanks, and everyone, everyone, keep up the great work. I'm glad that was a very inclusive Keep up the good work. And I'm very sorry to hear that that has tainted the experience of Gargoyle's Quest, a game we all enjoyed very much, actually, and I like the music, too. Uh, for me, I, the only... I mean, I'm sure there's games that I can think of where I was like, oh, yeah, like I played... 
uh, a whole bunch of uh, EverQuest when I failed out of college. That's not really the same thing, uh, even though it was a sad situation. But the uh, we've covered Blastcore a long time ago, and, and my memories of Blastcore are tainted heavily in a positive way uh, with a bad memory, which was I was on a beach vacation with my family, the last full family beach vacation we took uh, until last year when we finally took one when we all had our own kids with us and went with them again, my whole family again uh, on my side. And, uh, and I got so sunburned and was so hungover, despite that it was a family vacation, that I spent one whole day when it was like perfect weather and everyone's not doing stuff, <laughs> like hiding in a room with no lights on, <laughs> just playing Blastcore. So whatever I played, I remember that. <laughs> that. That was the experience, just being completely hungover and miserable. Sunburned so bad that I had blisters on my body, uh, trying to hide for the rest of my family on a, on a vacation when I was probably too young to be drinking. I um I, I have two. Um, do they have to be video game related? I no, I think it was just kind of in general. Uh, you know, I've, I've was... got I've got I've got one that is and one that is not. Uh, the one that is is, is eerily similar to uh, Jeremy P's there, except swap that out for Vice City. Um, and I w- was hot and heavy in the middle of Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and we took a a beach vacation. I I even I fucking brought the PS2 with me, um, and I I stayed up extraordinarily late, um, just just getting smashed, playing fucking Vice City, and was so out of my head the next morning that we hit the beach, and I hit that beach without a lick of sunscreen on me, um, which you know, I I burn up pretty fucking quick, uh, within minutes. And much like Jeremy P, I, I spent the next day completely miserable, um, just in, in, in not but my unders, laying there in the bed, playing, playing fucking Vice City. Um, I stepped, I, you know, I, I still fondly recall Vice City, but that, that was fucking miserable. Um, they said about it, I guess there's something about the beach and video games that just, just aren't meant to go together. Uh, the other one was from when I was really young. Um, it, w- it was the early 90s. And <laughs> needless to say, my mother's side of the family is a little, little, a little heavily spirited, very passionate people. Um, so <laughs> as I'm sitting in the car of my, uh, both of her brothers, um, you know, my uncles lived um, maybe two houses down from each other. Uh, so I, uh, they, they were arguing over something one night uh, as we were leaving. <laughs> and it came to blows between the two of them. Um, and, and I sat in the car as my uncle, as my two uncles got into a, a heated fist fight, all set to the soundtrack of the fucking Humpty Dance. <laughs> um, it just, uh, it should have been probably more traumatic than it was, but um, I, I've either pressed it down pretty well or, or that song just made it so surreal. Um, then I, to this day, I'm still not able to fully process it. <laughs> I mean, I, brains are, are weird. Like they, it's just, there's certain things that, that instantly bring me back to certain things. Like I, I have that, uh, the NES power, the, what is it? Power guide or something. The one that came with the NES for the poor kids mm-hmm. back in the day. The, the official Nintendo uh, players guide. Yeah. The players yeah. guide. Uh, that guide on the end. I've used that guide so much. The, from, the poor kids guide. <laughs> It was. I mean, you either got the uh, the duck hunt with the light gun or, you know, Mario with two controllers or whatever. Or if you were poor, you got the one with one controller and the player's guide, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I got. Uh, but that player's guide has done me well over the years. I've still got my original one sitting over here. 
but I used that so much in that uh, that very first apartment that I lived in when I got my NES that the inside of that book still smells like that apartment. So mm. there are times when like grown adults have seen me pick up this book and just shove it in my face and take a giant whiff of it. Uh, and it just brings everything back. Just that smell um, mm. of just every, all the, it just unlocks all those memories instantly. So, uh, but I, I guess the one that was traumatic, I guess, was uh, I was in high school. I think I was a uh, junior, junior in high, high school. And I got strep throat real bad. And I had to stay out of, out of school for a week. But I played mm. Tomb Raider that entire week, almost constantly. And anytime I see a, a screenshot, or even when we played Tomb Raider for this podcast, it was hard not to just remember every single day sitting in there struggling just to swallow some chicken soup or something like that. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but strep throat sucks pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that. I've also, I, I have a friend who he got the original Xbox first day and took it out of the box. And there is a certain smell to new plastic whenever you take it out of oh, the yeah. uh, the box there's just that plastic smell and he got the flu really bad that that night and was like throwing up and stuff the next few days and ever since then he has associated the smell of new plastic with that and like makes him nauseous uh to smell that uh, just because he associates it with that event so yeah i i don't know brains are weird there's probably tons more of of random stuff but there's just a lot of things that that instantly come back that, that wouldn't otherwise based on, uh, you know, seeing a certain thing or, or hearing, hearing certain music from a video game. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's fun when it happens, but uh, at the same time, brains are, brains are crazy. But anyway, thank you. Um, what's that smell? And <laughs> thanks for uh, letting us know that. Hot diarrhea does not sound, is not fun coming from anyone. Mm-mm. Next up is Retro Billy. Hey, and he's he's uh, letting us know about Wild Mountain, the Wild Mountain Chicken Sandwich. Fucking right. And uh, he says, long time listener, first time emailer here. When I heard Billy mention the Wild Mountain Chicken Sandwich that graced Wendy's menu back in the day, I just had to reach out. This was by far the greatest sauce ever created. <laughs> the good news is you can make this sauce at home as there are several copycat recipes that taste spot on. I'll throw All in a right. link at the bottom of this post. I'll give that link oh, out afterwards. Bless you. Now Billy can actually go to Popeye's and add his own sauce to recreate that amazing experience of the Wild Mountain. Keep up the work, guys. Love listening to the show. He didn't say the good work. Just keep up the work. Um, <laughs> that that aside, thank you very much. I will um I will be sure to grab that and. Uh, maybe by the next time we do a main episode, I will be able to uh, to report back because I do have a hankering for that Popeye sandwich. That was something I was most likely going to make happen this weekend anyway. I, I don't have any comments for that. I don't know what to say. We got it. You just keep up the work. <laughs> I did want to say something uh, real quick from the previous episode. Wanda from Bojangles wrote in and... Uh, she, she, it was a question like, what would you, what would you combine from certain fast food restaurants to make your own thing. Yes. And I kind of felt bad because uh, both me and Billy did the, did the simple thing of just switching sauces around, you know, that's simple. And you can literally do that uh, without getting arrested uh, instead of just like going in there and combining random things from stuff. But uh, I I came up with a few ideas over the week and I, these are things that I would actually eat because I, you know, I'm, 
This is how far my life has spiraled out of control at this point. But I wanted to see what you guys thought. Okay. Uh, all right, we got. I got three things here. Custom creations. The first is the Taco Bell naked chalupa. Uh, the Taco Bell naked chicken chalupa. Hell yeah. With the Long John Silver's fish fillet inside. Oh shit! Now with the chicken or just the fish? You got the the naked chicken chalupa, which is the outside, the taco, and on the inside you got the fish. Done. I would eat it. I'd try it today. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Man, I thought I'd be buried for that one. A I fish sandwich with chicken buns is what you just made, and I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah. Oh yeah. This, this podcast is more degenerate than I thought. Okay. That's, that's fucking land and sea right there. <laughs> Uh, okay, next up, uh, you guys remember the uh, Burger King Mac and Cheeto things that they had? You damn well know we do. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, just just making sure those were good. Oh, I thought they were good. I, they I were saw, so good. They I were. saw a lot of people shitting all over those, and I thought that well, was a fine creation. There's, there's a lot of people shitting because of them too. <laughs> well, I was too, but uh, I thought about you know maybe uh, putting those on a uh, Arby's beef and cheddar. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, that is that's incredible. I would eat that. You um, you need to if this podcasting thing doesn't work out for you, you need to you need to get in touch with some people. You know, I, right. I don't I don't know if you guys are paying attention to uh, to a lot of YouTube personalities, but my children unfortunately are. Mr. Beast is a guy who has he's a YouTuber that does a bunch of goofy crap like oh I gave a guy a million dollars to live on an island or something, but he has his own chain of restaurants that aren't really restaurants. We should do that. The Retrovaniacs chain of restaurants that's just <laughs> these ideas. We'd make billions. We probably would. Uh, and finally, uh, this one, uh, this is a foreshadowing to a question I'm going to read on the, the next podcast. We just didn't oh, have enough, enough time on this one. But everything in a Taco Bell seven-layer burrito on top of a KFC Famous Bowl. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, fucking shit. That's going to be it's like a cake mixing bowl at that point. A popcorn time, bowl. Is that is that too cursed? Like, is that that one too? I, I mean, so you got the KFC famous. It's you know mashed potatoes, uh, gravy, chicken and what, cheese, it, it, corn, wonder, corn. Yes. So you're just adding more into that. You're making almost like a mash, like an English kind of mash kind of thing. Now are you ma- are you indeed mashing it or what? Is that just going straight? Put it in a blender top? and drink it like a shake. I mean, you could <laughs> do that if you just really want to go crazy. But I'm talking more of just like adding. The seven-layer burrito toppings, not oh, the tortilla hell. itself, but like all those toppings in with it. It sounds, uh, it sounds extraordinarily good. It also sounds like it would be very challenging. <laughs> that one does. That one would require the most work, I guess. And you wouldn't mm-hmm. eat it in the Physical car. You'd have to be involved with that. You'd have to be out of the car for that one, or at least not moving. I can't imagine driving and eating it, which is the key to most of my meals. Can I drive and eat it? <laughs> and I don't know if I could do Impossible. that. Impossible. You'd have to go inside for that one. <laughs> just imagine looking over and someone just, oh, God. Uh, well, okay, those were the, the three that I thought of. Uh, Man, so, Wanda, you, you, uh, you're, you're batting a fucking thousand. I, you know, I thought a, a lot about that throughout the week uh, because I felt bad that I just did a sauce, uh, you know, thing for the last one, but... There you go, well, Wanda. I'm, that is my question. And I'm sticking to, to just the sauce swap. All right, that's that's pretty good too. You, you did you did enough. I I hope so. Doing God's work over here. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, uh, this is from Fat Princess's failing thyroid, mm. and uh, she's wanting to know uh, Wario versus Mario. Hello, Podmasters. I wanted to talk about Wario and what the hell has happened to him. 
I know the WarioWare games are very popular, and his previous platforming games were also well-received. Hell, he even had a good Virtual Boy game. But mm -hmm. I still remember his debut in Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins, especially that creepy cartoon version of, of him in one of the commercials for the game. Anyway, I thought he really made for a great final boss. Are you guys surprised he never reprised that role in a mainline Mario game? Don't get me wrong, I love Bowser as Mario's arch nemesis, but it would be nice to change up the formula once in a while and see Wario as the primary antagonist in a big Mario platformer. Thoughts? Am I alone in wanting to see Wario versus Mario again? I I, I, I fucking love. Uh, well, you know where my allegiance lies. Um, I'm a big Waluigi man. Um, you know, he's, he's fucking superior Mario Kart racer to, to pick. Um, but no, I, I really... I don't know. I think that I think Wario is just it's too damn likable at this point in time. I, there, there's just something about him, and he's he's much more. Uh, you'd have to take a serious turn with him at this point because he's he's just been kind of. I mean, not that Bowser is fucking you know a serious evil entity or anything like that, but I Wario's just become you know kind of such a a, a more done for humor type character um, that you'd have to at least do a little something to bring that character back around to where he could, uh, you know, kind of, kind of pilot being the, the big bad of a, of a game. I would think, but I mean, if, if I, I, I'd be there for it, I'd be fine seeing that. I mean, I fucking, anytime you can get more Wario is, is good. I, I think he is definitely, um, an underused character in the, the main Mario games. He's just kind of restricted to the, you know, the, the sports titles now, and finally he's got another WarioWare coming out. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I, I, I think that time has probably passed. I'd like to see more Wart, uh, to be honest. Oh, more, than, oh more than Wario. Wario's fine, but he's still around. You can find Wario. I mean, honestly, in golf, he's like a fairly uh, major plot point character, him in, in the Waluigi. But, uh, but Wart, not seen. Not seen other than I, he might be in Mario Maker. I don't even know if that's true. He's, he has not been seen since Mario Brothers 2, and I would love to see more, more of Wart. Uh, but I, mean, I don't need another game where he's uh, going against Mario. I like him kind of more as that kind of goofy, comedic, kind of anti-Mario uh, that shows up in, in the, the, the sports games, the party games. And I, I am very glad there's another Mar Wario Wear coming, because I think those are a lot of fun. So as long yeah. as he sticks around in some fashion, I don't need him to be another Mario villain. And I don't, I don't want him to take a darker turn. I don't, want, I don't know what you could do to make him like darker, where it's, it's not just like, well, he wants to wear Mario's skin as a hat. Uh, like, he, oh, that's terrible. He, I don't want he that. fucking killed Yoshi yeah. or something. <laughs> He's what, eating what, what him. Off of the, well, no, what? Fucking Toad. How about Toad? I fucking yeah. hate Toad. That's, no one would be uh, mad. If he had a Toad, he'd be fine. Maybe not even, but not... Um, not Captain Toad, the the other, just one of the other. Ones. Everyone likes Captain you know, Toad. Maybe the one with like the green head or something like that. I, 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 not Captain Toad. I I think they that would they, I would like them to be in another mainline Mario game, even if they're not the main villains. I think they would be fun as just like the bungling duo, you know, the kind of Team Rocket that's mm -hmm. not the main thing, but you know they're kind of there trying to stop Mario. While I'm talking about Waluigi and Wario. Because you mm -hmm. gotta have him as a pair. You can't just have Wario as as the big bad guy anymore. Like they said, it's just he's too much of a just a funny bungling character at this point, uh, especially with Waluigi. I think originally they really wanted him to be like a new main villain, but mm -hmm. just the character characterization they took with him and and Waluigi, it's just they are just more of a comedy act now. 
but still, I think they they would have potential as being, uh, you know, a funny bungling uh, villain to kind of get in Mario's way that you'd have to kind of pass through or something. That, that's uh, so, yeah, kind of what they, they do with them like in that. golf. That is kind of what they do with them in golf. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's perfect for them. Uh, they are they are perfect for that role. Uh, so thank you, Fat Princess Failing Thyroid, for writing in. Maybe in the future we'll get some more Wario and Waluigi like we all deserve. Next up is from Silly Willaday, because we can't go one goddamn episode. <laughs> I like uh, I like the sound of this one. Uh, and uh, this is the future year 2085. <clears throat> and Silly's writing in to say, great podcast, fellas. You may not believe it, but I am Billy's great-grandson, Silly Willaday, mm. messaging from the future. I want to see if y'all in the past can guess what will be the video games that are still remembered 60-plus years from your 2021. Will the 2080s bring back arcade coin machines? Or will VR finally move on to something like the Star Trek holodeck? Will Nintendo build the ultimate N1064 cartridge system with, five, with a five-handled controller? Or Sony builds a backwards-compatible PS8? Being from the future, I already know the future. But I'll listen to the podcast to see if y'all can guess what the future holds. Wish I could say more about the future, but that's forbidden by the time travel laws of 2069. Your descendant, Silly Willaday. <laughs> now, uh, we're just going to go with the first one here. Just maybe, you know, what, what games will be remembered in 10 or more years? I think that's the, the easiest one to go with. The rest of these, we could never know because that's obviously the future and... Yeah. We don't we don't have that that power of yeah. time travel, but uh, you guys no, uh, and and then uh, the world will be fucking destroyed by then anyway. So it's, it's yeah, no no likely. concern. So we got maybe another yeah. Let's talk about ten years because things shouldn't. I mean, you know, we'll have a reasonable semblance of society still within ten years. So it'll be slipping, but it, it, it'll still be there. I I really fucking I don't think it's gonna change too much. I mean, just. Your your core Nintendo uh, titles, I, I think, are always, you know, your fucking Mario's, your Zelda's. I mean, it's always going to be that thing where people remember it. Um, you know, people that are, are young now or are, are growing up with some of these newer, um, you know, Zelda titles, Mario titles, and, and their parents, you know, that are our age that grew up with them are kind of, you know, kind of pressing on to them. That, hey, these are these are pretty fucking big deal. Um, and I think that's just a cycle that would would continue. Um, I don't know. It's just games that are like really big right now and seem, seem just incredibly popular. I, I really, I guess we haven't really been able to see, uh, you know, as far as the last generation or two, like what kind of staying power they have um, as far as how memorable they would be. Uh, that's a fucking tough one. Um, Cause I, I just think, people are making video games included uh just you know aiming a little more towards the whole disposable product type of thing you know pay your 60 bucks play this thing um you know forget about it and and play the next one uh so I, man it's hard to say like i'm thinking of things that i and i am a fucking nintendo man um i'm trying to think of things i'm playing on the playstation or the, the xbox that i think are you know they're going to be ranting and raving about and remembering fondly 10, 20 years from now. And not a, not a lot, not a lot really comes to mind. And even the old little indie gems that I love here and there, um, you know, I, I really don't, 
I, I really don't think we're going to withstand the test of time. It's going to be a lot of someone mentioning that and, and just getting dumbfounded looks, you know, from everyone else that you know, just doesn't fucking remember them. So, God, turn bleak. Turn bleak, didn't it? Well, I started off, you know, predicting the heat death of the universe, so I guess it, it maybe looked up a little bit more, but I don't know. I, I, I think that it, it's going to not change a lot from what the, the games we remember as kids, uh, I don't think that's really going to change a lot as time goes on. I, I, I don't think anything else has come that's made that gigantic of a splash. Yeah, I'd, I'd well, like to say, based on the fact that I watch my kids play, uh, that there's going to be games that really do that, but they, they treat Nintendo games, even the ones they like, as disposable. Like It's like, yeah, this mm-hmm. was fun, and they don't really go back to it. You know, They've found a few games they'll go back to play over and over again, but they have yeah. to be things like Mario Kart, or, yeah. or Smash Brothers, things and, that are multiplayer that you can keep playing, but a game yeah. that has a storyline. Um, my youngest son has played through Mario Odyssey like four times, so maybe that's one mm-hmm. that that in the future yeah. will be looked at as like, oh, this is amazing. Um, I'd love to say games that, that things like Resident Evil 4, which I think is, in my opinion, one of the best Resident Evils and, and mm-hmm. one of the best games from that in that style at all, is would be one that people look back on like, yeah, you know, that's a nearly perfect version of what they were trying to do or, um, you know, for... for RPGs, the, the more that time goes on, the more that I've decided that Final Fantasy X is actually a masterpiece. At first, I hated it, and <laughs> I get more and more into it. But I can play it over and over again. I never get tired of it. Sure, there's some cheesy things, but as, a, as an RPG experience, it's, it's, and, and a cinematic experience, it's actually pretty good and has aged very well um, compared to some other games from the same time frame. But, but truthfully, I know that the future is going to be nothing but uh, the Amico, and everything else after free Amico will be referred to as trash. And just Amico games will be the future of the country. Well, maybe by then, uh, was it 2069 or whatever, the Amico will actually be released. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. You think about what people, you know, for us, what we find nostalgic is what we played as kids. And so you would think like what people would remember down the road is what they're playing now as kids. But the stuff they're playing now is, you know, you got Fortnite and you got that, What's that cheeseburger game where everybody looks like deformed cheeseburger? It's fucking um, cheeseburger. What, game. what game are you talking about? Uh, Roblox. Roblox. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they play the, a lot of Roblox. That's true. I mean, those games aren't going to exist anymore. Once the servers go off, that's they're done. So you can't play those anymore. Uh, so you can be like, you know, those, these kids are going to be like 30 years old and be like, damn, you remember Fortnite? Or you remember Roblox? And it's just like, yeah, I do. But how do we play those games? You can't. You know, they're just gone. So unless people set up weird, like, fan servers or something like that, uh, it's not as simple as just going down to the disc replay and, and, you know, paying five bucks for your favorite old game, taking it home and throwing it in the system and playing it. So it's there's a lot of games like that now that's just like an online service that once they stop existing, they're not going to be around for people to play in the future. So uh, the things that will probably be remembered will probably be the same things that are being remembered now you know the things that you can still play and, and actually collect so i i don't know it'll be an interesting future down the road especially with how they're doing all of this online service stuff so we'll we'll see um but it's good to know that there is somebody in the year um what was that 2069 uh that's that's out there and look looking out for us so we'll yeah see. yeah Anyway, next question comes from Walkover, and he's writing in with a correction plus a question. And he says, cool that you read my post in the previous podcast, but he's got a correction. Uh, He mentioned that the Kid Icarus on the 3DS was the best game ever. Uh, He says, Kid Icarus 
for the NES is the best game ever. Oh, thank I've you. I've never actually <laughs> never actually played the 3DS game. All right. I must have typed that without my glasses on. But his question is, what do you guys consider a retro game or console nowadays? Personally, I draw the line at a PS2, but would be interested to hear your thoughts and to, as to why. Also, it's nice that you're back. I think he's referring to me. I don't I don't know if you guys left or not. But no, we did thank not. You. <laughs> we did not. I think we defined retro games, I mean, officially for us was, what, 20 years? So, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. you know, it's, it's a wavy line. It doesn't be exactly 20, but we do go back to currently PS2, Xbox, the original Xbox, um, GameCube, you know, that, that era, Game Boy Advance. Um, so if it's if the system is roughly 20 years old, we'll, we'll consider it uh, retro still, which I, I hate calling a PS2 a retro system because I'm mm. it doesn't feel that way to me, but, but it's 20 years old. I mean, that's the, where do you draw oh, a line? Yeah. 20 years seems like a good line, line to draw. I, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is that time keeps moving on. And every once, once in a while, I'll see one of these posts that's just like, wow, you know, Metal Gear 5 was released 25 years ago or something. It's just, you know, it's not, but it feels like that when, when they say that. I'm just like, I just remember the buying that like last week. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, it, it's constantly changing. Uh, but for us, yeah, what do we stop at? Like, do we stop at the PS2 and the Xbox and stuff? Is that it? Right now we do for, for our general, as a general rule. We've made exceptions, but, but most of the time it's that, that PS2 era. Yeah, and, and for, I think, the majority of the people that listen to a retro podcast, uh, that's about where they stop as well. So, uh, you know, like I said, as time moves on, obviously, then we're going to get into the 360 and PS3. But, you know, is that what would, I guess it would, you know, kids are growing up, so they want to hear about those old times when they played stuff like Little Big Planet. Uh, so I, I don't know. We'll see as it moves forward. For me personally, it stops at the PlayStation. And, well, it's weird. I don't count the PS2 as a retro system. I don't know why, and I don't count the Xbox as a retro system, but I count the Dreamcast as a retro system, just in my brain. Um, but, but the PlayStation uh, is, is about as far as I go, and I don't include the GameCube either. Dreamcast is the newest system that I consider as retro. Uh, but that's, that's just me being crazy. It is weird, because I, I, I have kind of similar thoughts to what you're saying at the end there, even though... <laughs> Even though systems can be the same the same age, I, I, some of them just have that quality uh, that that lend themselves to it a little bit more. But I I, I guess I do agree kind of with where we drew the line. Um, you know, about about twenty years or so put you around that PS two, um, and I mean if you look back, I mean online play was was you know oh god playing online on the PS two was a fucking pain. I mean, it was still, it was kind of becoming a thing. So, I, you know, the PS2 has a lot of history to it. A historical, personal significance to me, at least, um, as far as consoles go. Um, so it's, it's fucking painful. It is. But I, it's, it's, it's a retro system. I, I can't believe. And yeah, I also have a, a severe little existential thing that goes on when I see some of those posts reminding me of you know things from from that I have very vivid memories of and that seem like we're we're just yesterday but apparently we're uh, yeah, a couple yeah, two or three decades ago so oh boy it, I'm sorry you know we, we keep I, I I personally keep turning these questions into downers and I apologize <laughs> well I you know uh there's there's only so much we can do when we we got the slow march of time walking up that's on right us. uh Man. so but thank you walk over for making us realize our our own ex existential dread um yeah 
Also, thank you for correcting yourself. You are no longer the only person that I've ever known to say that Kid Icarus <laughs> for the 3DS is the best game ever, which I I'm mean, sad. I, thought, I, I, I was, you know, I, I appreciated his bravery there. I, that was, <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> it was very brave. And I was that giving guy a was lot in of credit firing squad. Yeah. yeah, he went in front of the firing squad, didn't even want the blindfold. Yeah, Pretty sure funny. when I read that in the previous episode, like three dozen people just like keeled over instantly at the thought of that. Uh, all right, <laughs> let me cough real quick. <clears throat> okay. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Walkover, for writing in. Uh, next question comes in from Stan Lee Spadowski, and he's writing in about fun at the arcade. Uh, what's your favorite arcade game? I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons. Now, there was actually a lot more to that. Uh, I sent this to both of you, <laughs> yes, you on the did. chat. Uh, yes. He wrote in a, a very long uh, thing before he asked that question. I'm not going to read that, but Billy did say it comes from something. What, what was that? It, it's, it's the popular uh, YouTube um, video, Unforgivable, that, that I have clocked um, many an hour into watching. <laughs> So yes, yeah, and it, it just word for word. I, I hope he at least found a place to copy and paste that from. It was quite a long. <laughs> I didn't know what it was from, so I was just I was reading through this. So I was like, "This is something." <laughs> this is, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening in the in the uh, reader mail these days. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, uh, we we will go ahead and just answer his question of what's your favorite arcade. Um, it depends on uh, the situation at hand and how many players I have with me, because if you can fill up that fucking Turtles machine, uh, you're not going to have a better time at the arcade. Um, but, but I have uh, a great, and it's not the best arcade game by far. I have a lot of great memories tied to, um, and if, if, if you have, you know, all the necessary players of playing that fucking, that original Rampage uh, was, was just an absolute blast, and it's so repetitive. And, and it's a, I mean, it eats up quarters. Uh, but there was, there was somehow nothing more fun than just sitting through and playing that. Um, I, a fucking, another one, um, is NBA Jam, uh, the, the fucking Jam, uh, which I, I ran that thing, uh, at the Martinsville, Virginia, Liberty Fair Mall at the Tilt Arcade. Uh, I, I would take on all comers at any given point in time. And I, NBA Jam, if you had a good game going, uh, you had a, a little bit of a crowd around you, like when it first came around, uh, it was pretty fucking thrilling. And But I, I don't know. There's something about that Rampage. Uh, you know, all hands on deck for it. And, you know, if it has a free play, that's even fucking better. And if not, if each one of you has a pocket full of quarters, just seeing how far you can get on there. Yeah, I'd still have to say, I know I've said it many times, but I think Burger Time is still the best arcade game. I can play it for mm. me. I know mm. it's not, as a whole, like, if, if there was an arcade full of Burger Times, I'd be the only one in it. But for me, it's a go-to. If I find it <laughs> an arcade, I'm there, and, and I will not leave it unless there's something else I have to at least try. But then I'll end up back at it. I, I don't know why I love that game so much, uh, but it's it's a, it's a it's one I go to. Also, I like Qbert Cubert and, mm. and Burger Time. And uh, I've, I've actually never played in the arcade. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, the last time I went to an actual arcade with other people and, and played a bunch of games together, the one that was surprisingly the one we spent the most time on because it was the most fun with all of us was Super Sprint. 
like that that kind of mm. you know multiple top down racer like RC Perone, but all of you can see everything on the screen. With by myself, which is how I played all, a lot of those on the NES, I just was like, yeah, okay, it's kind of fun. But with a full group of people with the actual steering wheel and stuff, it's really really fun. But uh, but it's no burger time. Uh, the nostalgic part of me is Turtles, uh, the beat 'em up, the first one. Yeah, uh, that's an all time favorite. So many good memories of playing that on spring break. Uh, the the one that I probably would just have to say is my all time favorite arcade game is Dig Dug, and the insane side of me would probably say Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, only because I played. I I can't tell you how many quarters I put into that machine at my local Kroger, which is a, a grocery store around here. Uh, I it was the only game that that <laughs> that grocery store had, and any time my grandma would take me down there. Uh, she'd give me a quarter, and I'd go over and attempt, attempt to play Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I'm still to this to this day not quite sure how to play it, but uh, it was it's something that I I remember fondly. And I just recently, not too long ago, stumbled upon a, a video on YouTube of it, and that's another one of those things. I instantly mm-hmm. heard the sounds of it, and it just yeah. put me right back in that place, just instantly. Things I had completely forgotten. Uh, were restored just by hearing that that bad voice that that whenever you're selecting your stage or something it's it's just one of those things but yeah that's it's not a good game but it's something it's it's one of my all-time favorites so uh thank you stan lee for writing in uh a a quite lengthy listener question there yeah yeah and finally we got a little uh this guy called uh billy mitchell writing in I don't know if y'all knew Billy Mitchell. I don't think it's the Billy Mitchell. I would assume it is not. Could be. <laughs> I actually met uh, Billy Mitchell uh, not last year, year before. Uh, he's yeah. actually, a, I mean, he's he's probably a big old bastard, and he's cheated and all that stuff. There's enough proof of that out there now. But he was a very nice guy. I talked to him for a little bit, and he was he was very uh, polite and and stuff like that. So he's also very tall. A dude's got to be like seven feet tall. Like he just towered over me, and I'm like six feet. So I, it's just, it was fun to meet him. Uh, you know, I'd only really known him from the King of Kong and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, with all the stuff that's happened with him, you know, showing that he's cheated and stuff like that, I'm sure he's not feeling too hot about that. And he's not really feeling too hot about this either because um, mm. he's wanting to know a uh, rhetorical question. Let's say that you listen to, I don't know, a podcast or something, and one of the hosts makes fun of something you really like. Let's say Pac-Man. Uh-oh. Then shortly thereafter, yeah. you realize not only does said host live in the same town as you, but frequents <laughs> yeah. the restaurant that you work at. <laughs> How justified would you say you were to naked fart on his food every time he came in thereafter? <laughs> Thanks. I say you go know, for it's, it. it you know, the good thing is, I hope that host um, is constantly traveling from town to town for his job and never in the same place for too long. Um, but no, I, you know, opinions differ. They do. And we just got to be adults about it and then accept it. And, and maybe, maybe take the time to, to, you know, listen to what they're saying and, and look a little deeper and see if maybe that maybe your anger that you're, uh, you're misplacing on this poor fucking dish of food is, is because you might think this host is a little bit correct. What he has to say, I don't know. You gotta um, search your soul. I mean, really. 
You got to. You got to. I mean, I mean, Pac-Man is his downfall look, at this point. Pac, fucking Pac-Man. Ugh. I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. I, yeah, I had very severe ADD as a kid. and I, I, All the games were repetitive, but Pac-Man was just a cut above. And I was awful at it. And I'll freely admit I will. I think I even said it back then. I'm terrible at it. Yes, of course I didn't enjoy it. I, I think it's just, I don't, it, it's very overrated. And I, there's a reason that, you know, they only dig him up every now and then for gimmicks nowadays. That is ridiculous. And there, there, there are no, you know, we're, we're not playing the next, <laughs> we're not, we're not playing the next gigantic Pac-Man game. You know, and every few years they bring out Mario for a little gimmick, little gimmick game where they just, you know, take the old one and fuck him once again. I feel like they're taking that old Pac-Man game and just, you know, shooting it up with fucking, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of crack, a little bit of steroids, putting it out there, making it a little quicker, trying to make it fun. Um, that, that one, what was the Pac-Man thing they did recently? That championship edition? Yeah. Championship that wasn't too bad. No, that wasn't fun, too bad. Man. Yeah. I like both of those. That, they were really good. I, I think I, I like a lot of Pac-Man games removed from that original. Um, fucking love Pac-Land though. I'll say that again. <laughs> what a bizarre opinion. <laughs> Hate Pac-Man. Love Pac-Land. Yeah. <laughs> of all the, of all the things you've ever said, that is, that, that one's up there. Is it? I, I don't know. What, what's more, what's more outlandish, that statement, or if that one fella indeed meant that Kid Icarus was 3DS was the best <laughs> well, I was impressed at that one. That one was throwing it out there. I was like, yeah. God damn! <laughs> now I he's just a fan of Kid Icarus for the NES, which everyone is. But now, oh, ah, yeah. man, I lost the hero today. Yeah. Well, uh, but I, well. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, Billy Mitchell, uh, but the, Billy Holiday, uh, he doesn't he doesn't care for Pac-Man. You can wet fart on his food all you want. Uh, yeah, I'm not running. It, it's not going to change his opinion. He'll eat that sandwich. He will smell it, and it will smell like wet butthole, but he yeah. will <laughs> gladly eat it knowing that he is still def- defying Pac-Man in some way. That's right. Come, come, yeah, stand there. I'll, I'll look you in the eye. The <laughs> He'll ask you to fart on it again because he doesn't <laughs> care. I mean, I uh, guess. But anyway, I guess you could say we lost a hero, but we gained another one. We gained another uh, one. Yeah. He will. He'll. He's just gonna fart on our food if he doesn't like our our opinions on things. So I mean, I'm used to it, but whatever. Um, that's gonna <laughs> do it. For- <laughs> Jeremy has consumed many such a sandwich. Uh, yeah, I, it's you know, it's it's a fart sandwich every day around here, uh, whether it's sandwich or just generally life. But you know, it's it's all a fart sandwich. But uh, that's going to do it. I promise. We're done with uh, questions uh, this week. Next week, tune in. We've got a KFC famous bull question that I put off uh, (laughs) because this is the hook. This is how this is the hook now that we're going to bring the listeners back. (laughs) Uh, Go to retrovania.net. You can scroll all the way down. The the page has now been refreshed after like the last three months. I finally updated it. It's now now just full of pictures of the fucking famous ball. (laughs) I may may as well. Uh, But yes, it is now updated to our our, uh, newest podcast and stuff instead of stuff that was like three (laughs) months old. Um, Scroll all the way down to the bottom. We still got that hot ass contact form. You can fill it out. Almost as hot. Almost as hot as the fucking famous bowl. Yeah, and the fart that came on top of it. So that's just bring it home. Go to go to retrovania.net. Write everything you could possibly think of. Send it to us. 
and uh, we will probably read it unless it's just Ooh. like a big old rant of craziness from some oh, dude on YouTube. I think so, we got to uh, fucking we got the nighttime sillies at this point. I think yeah. we got to we got to go. Yeah, we got to wrap wow. this one up before we uh, we read more listener mail about farting on Billy's food. Uh, but if a famous bowl is not enough to bring you to our next episode, it will also be another patron request. So again, if you want us to cover your game, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. The link is always in the description for the show. And we'll be back with a bonus episode and another episode on this feed in two weeks. Again, a patron request. And we'll see you then. Bye.